Hey there, thoughtful listener. What is your number one lead generation blocker? Head to upmyinfluence.com slash quiz to find out right now. That's upmyinfluence.com slash quiz, and I'll share why you aren't getting the intros and sales you deserve. We're also actively seeking guests for this daily commercial-free entrepreneur wisdom podcast. Agency owners, consultants, coaches, and B2B service providers, head to upmyinfluence.com slash guest, and I'd love to promote your expertise to our amazing audience. Let's get on with the show. With us right now, it's Ivan Demosten. Ivan, you are the CEO of Hamilton Demo. You're found on the web at hamiltondemo.com. Ivan, thank you so much for being here. Josh, my pleasure. Well, so Hamilton Demo is a firm that's uh, focused on executive recruiting, specializing, in, and, and one of the big areas that you work in is in diversity recruiting. Uh, so I'm so excited to have this conversation because I, I believe that this is a goal that we all share. And, you know, it's really interesting. Well, we're going to get into it. I've got, so I've got lots of questions, uh, but I, again, thank you so much for being here. Can you give us an overview of you know, how you would define what Hamilton Demo does and kind of your impact in the world? Yeah, of course, Josh. Again, thanks for having me on. Uh, and really, I've been in the space for over 18 years, going on 20 years, and try to bring some additional resources to our clients where we help them with placement, professional search. And then we'll also do recruiting projects for their organization. And uh, a passion of mine is diversity. Uh, you know, as I shared with you, I'm born, born in Haiti, came here as a little kid, got to see a lot of things living in New York, then in Ohio, and now in Cincinnati. So diversity has really been on the forefront of, of me, my life, and everything I do for since, since I was a kid. And so it gives me a great opportunity to build trust with my clients. And once that trust is established, oftentimes they will engage me and ask me to, to assist and uh, provide uh, services, resources, consult on diversity recruit, recruiting for them. Yeah. And um, so share a little bit about uh, the company itself, where, where uh, you know, where Hamilton Demo came from, how, what was the inception of it? Yeah. So, uh Started off with my partner at the time, and this is about uh, uh, five, six years ago, and came up with the idea at Starbucks on, on a napkin, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Great story. So we took that napkin business plan, and uh, we took off, and you know, uh, we, we, we got off the ground pretty quickly. We had some yeah. great clients, uh, including Cabela's and Chipotle that was that were using us. And quite frankly, Josh, we were doing some great things. Um, and so we, we had our eyes on the big prize. And wouldn't you know it, uh, you forgot to tell me not to start a business before the pandemic. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so so that would uh, be a yeah. shock to the system. It, it, which it was, which it was. So uh, two and a half, three years into it, uh, the pandemic's here. And we all know how the last two years have been, but I'm happy to say we we found a way to keep things going. 
and we actually had some growth during that time as well. Uh, so we're looking forward to the future. But um, during that time, uh, I should share with everybody that my background is mostly in uh, enterprise talent acquisition. So companies that are anywhere from uh, two or 3,000 employees to a million employees. Uh, I've worked with Walmart. I've worked with other retailers, uh, JP Morgan Chase, um, CBRE, the list goes on, at pharmaceutical, Amgen, et cetera, Pfizer. But uh, the last few years during pandemic has really given us a glimpse into what I think is, is the future. And where the growth was coming from is small and medium-sized businesses, right? Mm -hmm. So that uh, that that's kind of changed our perspective a little bit because that wasn't the, the focus at first. So now we're embracing uh, all all segments and all and all uh, demographics of business, I should say. So, and then we also we also have uh, worked with nonprofits in the past. I'm happy to say that. We do we do uh, a lot of work with nonprofits. I sit on several boards, so I'm happy to help out nonprofits whenever whenever possible. So it's given us a, a chance to to really find some best practices that are working with with different segments of corporate America and integrating them in other parts of corporate America where they may not be really uh, thinking about that. So it's been a, it's been a great ride so far. It's really heartening to hear you talk about how SMB has really, um, uh, you know, has really kind of came on the radar for you because that's good. Because it's, again, if you're a firm that specializes in diversity and inclusion and, you know, recruiting, um, you know, diversity recruiting, that's good that it's happening at the SMB level. <laughs> Yes. And not just, you know, because I think maybe historically it may have been corporate, you know, larger corporate entities that have felt that pressure. But now I think what that indicates to me is that people know that, you know, um, you know, DEI is something like that needs to start at the beginning. Like, and yes. I've read enough books about this topic to know that how critical it is. Listen, you may or may not become a large, large company. Right. However, um, if you are at the earlier stages of 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 business, um, can you talk about this topic a little bit about, you know, the importance of starting early? Yes. So I'll tell you, you touched on something, uh, Josh, because, you know, up until maybe five, six years ago, people thought about diversity more of a compliance thing. OFCCP mm. being compelled right? Government contractors being compelled to, to provide and to uh, initiate and strategize around that. You're so right. It's, it's coming more from ground roots and our small and medium-sized businesses are truly embracing that. And um, I tell them, you know, they come in with all this energy and, you know, they, they think it's just, a, you know, they're just going to turn the lights on a flicker of a switch. And it, it's, uh, I, I need to sober them up, right? Open their eyes and say, okay, that's great. Let's define it. And once you define it, then we can start moving towards that target. We can all get on the same page. Because quite frankly, organization like yours is not 
is not going to translate and define diversity like I would I would define my own organization or the the organization down the street or let's use Bank of America versus another company and um, I'll share I'll share two real life examples when I was at Monster uh, I used to I used to work with uh, enterprise organizations and one was limited brands and one was Macy's now when we went to Macy's they were 60% males and a lot of them uh, were in the management and executive levels, right? Whereas in limited brands, uh, they were 90 to 92% women and they saw men, right? So their definitions of men, both in the retail space, headquarters not far away from each other, right? At the time, limited brands was in uh, Columbus, Macy's was in Cincinnati but two very different definitions of what diversity meant to their organizations. And so the commitment there to what they define, and again, you know, we think of racial and cultural first, but quite frankly, it can be, it can include socioeconomics. It can include our veterans and their family members, uh, those with disabilities. Uh, gosh, I, I'm not as young as I used to be. So we could look at 50, uh, 55 and older, 65 and older. Age is a big, huge demographic that's growing um, at the fastest pace that it ever has. Um, so there, there's a lot of ways to define it for your organization. And, uh, you know, just beyond, I, so I think, you know, a lot of folks are sympathetic or empathetic, right? That, that we want a workplace, we want an organization, we want an audience that models the population as a whole, right? So that, uh, you know, the population a whole, I think, you know, you don't want the population a whole kind of looking at your organization going, you know, you're not really kind of the melting pot that we are in the world today. And so like, I think that there's, you know, there, there's kind of that side of it, but there is absolutely an economic argument to be made for making sure that, I mean, oh boy, I'll let you take the ball and run on this one, but <laughs> uh, go, go ahead and talk about like why, yeah. uh, you know, just from a business perspective, from a, an economic model, why you want to make sure that that you're well represented uh, within your teams and so forth. Yeah, I, Josh, you hit it on the, on the head, right? And your listeners can go out to Google or any search engine. There are tons of research that they can refer to on this. And it shows that diverse organizations uh, uh, have better bottom lines. They drive more revenue than their counterparts. As a matter of fact, those organizations that have embraced diversity in the past have been those organizations that have stood the test of time, right? So if we think about the name brands that have been around since we were born and maybe like a hundred years, even before we were born and still here. Uh, those are the companies that uh, embraced diversity uh, and, and are still embracing and still thriving and still on our fortune 500 list. Those are the companies that are still attracting uh, those from universities and colleges and still uh, driving huge revenues. So I would share with them to, uh, uh, your your listeners to go and 
do a little bit of re- it, it won't be hard they they won't they won't have to look look for long and uh, I'll share another story. I'm sorry I keep sharing stories with you. Stories but, are great. Um, we love stories around here. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I like to I like to share this example. Ever since I was um, in high school, maybe even a little bit before, I, I started to see that firsthand. And when we did group projects or group presentations or whatever in class, in class, I used to notice those those uh, groups that were different that had more of a contrast in, in uh, personalities and people, those were the ones that did the best in their presentations or whatever they had to do for their projects. So for instance, if all the jocks got together in a group versus all the cheerleaders in another group versus all the nerds in, in, in your third group. Yeah, that was me. Band members. <laughs> yeah. well, well, hey, so you remember we were all there, right? So yeah. we probably all identified with one of those groups, but there was always an oddball group that got that had a, a, a mix and match of of everybody. And those groups almost always, I mean almost a hundred percent of the time did better collectively than those groups that were very similar. Right, um, because you have diversity of perspectives, that. diversity of conversation, diversity of experiences and um, exactly. sensitivities and just awareness of things that, um, you know, it's, you know, and I've lived in communities that have been incredibly homogenous. And, you know, that's, there's, you know, there's some, I don't know, there's some downsides to that um, well, because, yeah. you know. So, yeah, I, they're, they're um, well, you know, I, I think, I was I was blessed enough to actually be able to see that, and then once we got older, and I started get uh, doing uh, uh, studying for my MBA and getting my uh, MBA degree, you could see that in class, and they actually pointed that out. They tried to they tried to instill that and show you, so it all kind of connected for me. And I think for those that have noticed that and picked that up as well, it really is profound. Ivan, your website is is hamiltondemo.com. When somebody goes there and they're like, okay, Ivan, I want to chat. Uh, When they go to your website, what do they do? So um, feel free to email. You've got uh, got an email link there, but I've had the same phone number for about 22, 23 years. (laughs) And you can feel free to call me. It's right there, 513 257-9683, 257-9683, And so either email, phone, whatever's, whatever uh, is easiest. And then also we're on social media. So um, I, I think I'm on uh, LinkedIn every day, like most people. <laughs> so feel free to direct message me or give me a connection request on LinkedIn and we can chat that way. Um, not so much on, on Facebook. Uh, but you can't catch me. I may be a little slower there. Twitter is the same. I'm a little slower on Twitter, but on LinkedIn every day. And I will say this too, Josh, 52 years old. I think uh, this Instagram thing's going to stick. So <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I told my PR people to, to set us up with uh, Instagram account too. So we'll be on Instagram here. All right. Uh, hopefully here in the next few weeks. Well, awesome. Ivan Demos 10. Again, your website, hamiltondemo.com. Ivan, thank you so much for joining us. You got it, my friend. Let's do this again.
Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. If you're a listener, I'd love to shout out your business to our whole audience for free. You can do that by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or join our listener Facebook group. Just search for The Thoughtful Entrepreneur in Facebook. I'd love even if you just stopped by to say hi. I'd love to meet you. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. We love our community who listens and shares our program every day. Together, we are empowering one another as thoughtful entrepreneurs. Hit subscribe so that tomorrow morning, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. I promise to bring positivity and inspiration to you for around 15 minutes each day. Thanks for listening and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement.